Okay, good morning. Happy Monday. Today's class is sponsored by Yosef Kolish. Thank you for his donation. Um, this class is also in the Rufus Shalem of, of Rav Shalom Ben Yavin, of Dani Batsara, Echana Batadel, in the success of Yerach Shemayim, Rav Lisheva, Rav Gadiyam, Rav Lisheva, Shefer, Rav Lisheva, Reina Makav, Tov Vasha, Gadiyam, Rav Lisheva, and the success of, God willing, all call Yisrael, and also the Mishmat, Yerachman, the end of Gedalia, and Sion Ben Neymah. All right, we have a very, very good topic, God willing, today. Uh, also, uh, Thursday night, this Thursday night at, at uh, Highland Lake Synagogue, 2600 Northeast 29th Street. We're going to have a class at 8 o'clock on positive thinking through Azamra. Phenomenal class. Uh, again, it's going to be live at 8 o'clock, sponsored in the, for the, from the Behar family. There's no tickets or anything. You can just show up. That's going to be Thursday night at, um, at the Highland Lake Synagogue. Okay. So I posted a, a, a God willing also rate and share the podcast. I, I posted a post yesterday, 10 ways on how to attract money. Uh, many people wanted the sources of these, uh, these things, basically. So today I'm going to give you the sources. And what are, there's actually more than 10, but we're going to talk about 10 practical, 10 practical ways to attract money in our lives, to attract Parnassa. Obviously, mazel itself, not everybody has the same mazel. Some people are meant to make more money. So... You know, you can't, it's not that you're going to do this, you're going to become a billionaire. Not everybody's meant to become a billionaire. So again, we're, we're, what we're doing here is to attract the most that's supposed to come to you. That's the most important thing. Not everybody has the mazel, mazel something in heaven. And if it wasn't, mazel also comes from, from a place called, it's called, very, very high place called Kesser, that if, if it came down based on people's merits, everybody would be broke. <laughs> so it cannot come through people's merits So people have a chance Now, the question is how to make it How to retrieve it, etc I'm going to give you 10, 10 Really 10 sources for it, for it And again, any area of your life That you're struggling in an area Work on it These, guarantee, these are guaranteed to work They're guaranteed to work Not only making money But again, maintaining it you have to also understand, your creator wants to give it to you more than you want to handle it. Our creator wants to give us parnasa. He wants to give it to you. But sometimes what we need, we need to create a vessel. You know, obviously, a couple, you know, a year ago, everybody's like, well, what do I need, Torah? What do I need? I got Dodgecoin. And you could see where it is today. So again, we want to look at the big picture. We want to look at the long-term thing. How do we really retain it? What do we need to do practically? And what's stopping us from, again, attracting it, not running after. Running after could be actually the problem itself. You don't want to run after. You, this, that shouldn't be the first thing on my mind. How do I make money? How do I make money? That shouldn't be the main thing because that actually creates the, a blockage. And this, where do we know this from? Very practical. We know this from Parshas Haman. Parshas Haman is pretty much the rule book on money. When the Jews were running after it, they worked on Shabbat, they ran after it, not only what, whatever they had, it spoiled. So we don't want to run after it. The man came down to the, for, to the footsteps. They, the man came straight to the tzaddikim. All the man came straight to them. So there's a source that you could see that really you should be attracting it, not running after it. Number one, just running after it, that itself could be coming from a very low... I'm not telling you to be aggressive. I'm not telling you to be, uh, you know, to be a shlamazel. We're not telling you to go after it. But you, too much of it, too much attempt, over-exercise creates cortisol. We, what we want to do here is we want to really attract it because money comes from, obviously, God. It doesn't come from you. The, the biggest curse we have is a person thinking it's coming from his hands. He has to make an effort, 
but the result is up to heaven. That doesn't mean because you work 23 hours that you're going to be successful. It's, you could work an hour and be very successful. Doesn't, the results are up to heaven. The effort is up to you. Remember that, very important. This is why mamon money, you have to scream 140 times. The word mamon means 140 times the numerical value. 70 times for a profit. Just like a woman has a contraction, she has a baby. It has to come out 70 times. She has 70 contractions until that baby comes out. That's a profit. Same thing. Yet now you have to scream another 70 times to be saved from the illusion that it's you. One of the scariest things that I remember watching is that speech, um, Trump's speech that it's our hands, our money, look at the economy, blah, blah, blah. It's our success. Next thing you know, everything went, COVID came, everything went. We don't want to take credit. It's saying it's our hands, our efforts, our work. That's the beginning of asking for an audit. What you want to do is, thank God Hashem has blessed us. Thank God, everything's from Hashem. You're just a vehicle. But when you start thinking it's your hands, this is why we have to wash our hands. We wash our hands for bread. Bread represents parnasa. Bread represents livelihood. First, you have to look, wash your hands. Because remember, you can get the illusion that it's your hands making the money. Well, Tim, my hands are strong. No, you have to wash your hands. Washing hands is a munaf. It's a concept of faith and blessings, etc. So number one, Rav Nachman tells us very simple. He tells us in Lesson 56 that effortless livelihood is dependent upon dot. The number one thing you need is dot. Dot is consciousness. And on a higher consciousness, you attract better opportunities in your life. Example. When you feel love and you see love in everybody and you see only good in everybody, there's a, good, there's a better chance you're going to get married than if, you, uh, if you're fearful and you have low self-esteem. Do you understand? In a higher consciousness, we end up attracting better opportunities. So Rabbi Nachman says, when you have a better relationship with money, such as money is just a tool, Money has tremendous, remember, we yearn for money because our souls come from money. This is why everybody, everybody wants money. Because at the end of the day, it comes from the same place as your soul. So this is why you look up to people with money, a person with money has many friends, because that person has a very, very high soul. So there's a concept there. There's a concept there that people yearn for money. They yearn for security. It's normal. It's what we do when we lack it. When we do when we lack it. That's the problem. So again, Effortless livelihood, Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 56, depends upon that. If you're smart, you attract it, you don't run after it. Doesn't mean you have, doesn't have to be, you have to be aggressive in business, etc. But you have to know when to put the brakes, etc. So that's, that's why I'm talk, giving you guys dot. Because dot is the key. Consciousness. Get, get the right consciousness and your relationship with money. Number one. That's, that's just the concept. Number one, the, number, the first way I would recommend that I see, again, from my own practical advice, from everything else that I see, number one is taking responsibility. Taking responsibility, Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 7, in the second half of the Kutimaran, he says, anybody who wants to, 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 to get livelihood, he has to assume the role of the provider to supply livelihood for those dependent upon him. He has to be a person that's a stalwart person with energy, a person with, uh, he's got to be a, his confidence. He cannot be a shlamazel. Cannot be a shlamazel. Shlamazel is a person who's, who sleeps late, who checks out, 
he's not checking in, he's checking out. So you have to check in. Number one thing you have to check in in life. Because he, he needs to have a certain amount of authority. This all depends, this all, because all livelihood is dependent upon the malchut, which is a kingship. As it is written, the sustenance, there was the tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, it's related to sustenance. He takes this from a dream that Daniel had. So the source of Parnassah is malchut. There's a connection between your ability. For example, you get married, you're going to make more money because you're now provi- you're a provider. The more responsibility that you take, the more you're going to be able to become a vessel. When you run away from responsibility, you're running away from money, practically. So when we were with the wrong girls, when we're, we're just fooling around, when we decide to use comfort over growth, just pra- anytime you run away from responsibility, money runs away from you and Parnassah runs away from you, practically. So it's very, very important to go into growth. If you're afraid to go into growth, if you're afraid of failure, if you're afraid of take responsibility, you're going to also not attract anything but fears and phobias and more things. I can't explain. This is an, we don't take responsibility. Consequently, anybody who wants to obtain livelihood must take, have a measure, a measure of authority. Confidence. You have to have confidence. You have to have, believe in yourself. So this is a very important concept. Number one, responsibility. Take responsibility. People that take responsibility, they wake up, they take accountability, they, they wake up with, 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 they try, not, oh, it's not for me, it didn't work, I sleep, I, what, time, what, what time are you waking up? I don't know, whatever my body feels like. That's not taking responsibility. That's like living too much in like a Miami mindset. You gotta, you gotta really, you're not gonna get, TikTok is not gonna make you money right now. You need to wake up, you need to take responsibility, you need to man up, and that's how you, that's the beginning of everything. So this is where today, we, we're lo- we don't have that much. Not too many people are taking responsibility. So in order to have that, number one, a person has to have a responsibility. Again, same thing. You get married, what are you doing? You're signing a contract. You've got to provide. You gotta, you, you, you're taking responsibility. Anytime you sign a contract, you have a responsibility. But when we, when we run away from contracts, what happens? We run away from responsibility. So this is why a man has to want to get married, want to do better, want to take responsibility versus hanging out with girlfriends and hanging out with all... That itself is a fact because it shows that you're not serious. Okay? Number one, without responsibility, there's no vessel. So we can, the other nine are, are it's worthless because you, you don't have a vessel. So this is an area where, yes, it's not, sometimes go, there's going to be fears. Sometimes we're going to have, uh, but you have to at least show your creator that your intention is. Smoking marijuana and masturbating all day long, the two M&Ms. That is not taking responsibility. That equals mindless. That, that's basically broke. You're going to be broke your whole life. You're going to be broke your whole life. What's allowed and what society is telling you to do? Poverty. Poverty chases a person who doesn't take responsibility. And there's a ton of girls that want to get married. There's a ton of things. There's tons of opportunities. Parnasso, it's not that you don't have mazel. But when you don't take responsibility, you don't activate the muscle. Just like a person. Everybody has muscles, but they have to be activated. If they're not activated, they don't grow. Period. Things have to be activated. Everybody has potential to be strong. But you have to activate the muscle. And to activate the muscle through strength. And through working it. And if it works it, it works for you. So number one, taking responsibility. Number two, let's say you do take responsibility. And then you have, you have no trust in God. That's a problem. 
Trust is the second most important thing a person has to have. He has to have a relationship of trust. What is a practical way of trust? And where do we know this from? Where do we know this, we know this from? Lesson 76. There's a million books on bitachon today. Why is bitachon such an important thing? Why is trust so important? Because trust is exactly the same thing. Trust attracts what it comes. We say every single day, poter et yadecha. We open up, our, we look, no. Ene kol alecha yisaberu. First, before you open up your hands, you, you, you say a pasuk, you say a verse. All eyes look up to you and trust. Right? You give it to them at the right time. We look up. That creates Shefa to come at the right time. We open up your hands to receive it. We say that three times a day to remind us. Remember, prayer is reminding us. It's reminding us how, the, how God works. Prayers, the reason why we pray so much is to internalize these beliefs in our lives. Why does the team huddle up 10 minutes before the game and say, let's go, win, 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 win? What do they, why do they need to do that? They're about to play a game because they need to reaffirm that they're going to win. Do you understand the whole point of prayer? you understand that it's a reaffirmation? Yes. You give it to them at right. That means I have to walk around today with trust and trust. And God willing, when I trust, my hands will be open and I will receive. What's the opposite of trust? Fear. How do you know you have trust? You take action. Action is an, is an indication that you have trust. Procrastination, fear is an indication you do not trust. Don't trust. What are you going to open up your hands to? You're going to open up your hands to nothing but phobias, anxieties, etc. So remember that area. Remember, trust is something again. You have to also, you have to recognize. Are you guaranteed to know? Are you guaranteed? Remember, Bitachon is trusting. The difference between Emunah, Emunah is believing. I could believe in something and not take action. That means I have not converted faith to action. So action is really when you go all in, Emunah is still belief. I could believe it's going to work out. Trust really converts the process. Trust converts the process. Trust is the conversion. And then after you do it, you know what you need to do? Surrender the outcome. Take action, surrender the outcome. Love the process. I don't know what's going to happen. If you're going to make it right away, if it's going, you're going to need to, you need to get taught a lesson many times. Sometimes it happens, deals went right away. Other times I got taught a lesson on how to make money. It doesn't mean it's always going to be in box A. Trust means there's a process. I don't know what the process is. Sometimes you have to take a flight. Sometimes you go direct. Sometimes you have to take three stops. Sometimes you have to take two stops. Somehow, not every flight goes the same way. It's the same thing with money. Not every time you're going to go direct. Sometimes you have to take a few stops. Sometimes there's a few layovers. Sometimes you miss a flight. It's pretty much the same thing as money. The flight that you want is not always available at the time you want. Just look at flights as the action of money. When you want it, it's not available. Some flights are too, too expensive. Pretty much the same thing. But you have to take the flight. Otherwise, you're stand, stranded in the airport. And you're not going to get anything in the airport. So, it's an area of our life where we have to take action. And that is showing us trust. That's number two. Number three, number three, things that I've definitely seen for business people, again, across the board, they handle failure well. Just because you fail doesn't mean you dump your creator and say, hey, look what you did to me. I'm, I'm done. This is what you did to me. I'm angry with you. We don't want to be three-year-olds. We're not three-year-olds right now. 
You have to recognize failure's experience. Failure gives you experience. Our creator, our, the Arizal says, the shattering of the vessel is not a one-time thing. It's a constant thing. Things will shatter in your life. Things have to shatter in order to be built, big, built, to be built better. Let's say I have a beautiful room, but I have a 20-pound chandelier, but it only illuminates half the room. <laughs> what has to happen? That chandelier has to break. I could put better bulbs, but it's going to break. It doesn't have a vessel. So things have to break in order to become better. Embrace the failures and just change the procedure or perspective. Very, very important. So they handle failure well. They recognize it's happening for them, not to them. They don't develop a victim mindset. So they hand, you have to handle failure well. And that's how you do, the, you do this. That's where you invoke faith. You invoke, this is happening for my benefit. I know it's tough. I know it hurts. I know I can't see clarity. I know this, but at the end of the day, it's going to work out because I believe it's going to work out. So you have to handle failure well. Many people have handled, they le- they've handled failure the wrong. What happened? Their self-esteem became their, uh, their self-worth became their, their, their net worth. So when they lost money, their self-worth went with it. You can't have that. Remember that. There's no way your creator is going to get you a bigger vessel. Sometimes you need to fail. You need to fail. You need to learn, etc. Number four, holiness. Holiness is very, very important. We spoke about in the, even the, the parts of the week. We could talk, talk about Bil- Bilam. Talk, talk about how the Jews were blessed. Bilam tried to curse them three times. He couldn't curse them. We'll talk about that in another class. Except he got them with the 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 orgy of 24,000 people, what happens is the Jews are blessed, but when they fall in this area, it means they, they couldn't touch them. But in, when you fall into immorality, there he can get you. So there's a concept, again, when you, the Zohar says, when you throw away crumbs of the mind, when you, we don't do it, does anybody throw away bread here? Why do we not throw, why does everybody so careful about bread? Don't throw away bread, don't throw away bread. Right, everybody's careful with the bread on the table. Don't throw away, don't throw away, what are you doing? Zohar says bread itself is the seed of your brain. When you're throwing away your seed, you're throwing away bread. Poverty comes. Throwing away bread and poverty is just asking to be poor. That's the one thing that got me from Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Sexual impurity leads to poverty. Oh, sorry. What do I need to do? I don't want to be poor. At that time, I didn't want to be religious either. <laughs> but I didn't want to be poor. So somehow I got... Didn't want to be religious. I didn't. Let's let's be honest. The number one intention is I don't want to be poor. I do not want to be poor. Under the the tshuva came through through money. I'm going to be honest with you. Didn't come through tshuva. Didn't come through love of God. The love came afterwards. Once I recognized, oh my God, what in the world was I doing? The embarrassment and the busha and like, oh my God, what in the world was I doing? But the the line was definitely that. So again. Many reasons. Why? Because the word tal means blessing and the word lat means curse. So the same thing. When you have tal, you have do. But you take the same words, tal and lat means curse. I can, give you a, I can talk to you all day long about this, this topic. I know there's a million sources of this topic. Mazal, motizala batala. Again, we can talk about all day long about this issue. There's definitely a connection between sexual impurity and poverty. So this is an area where you've got to get enough leverage. You have to say, if I continue doing this for a couple more years, yes, it's fun, but I'm going to be poor. I'm going to be broke. What kind of girls am I going to attack when I'm broke? Not, too, not the best. 
So get enough leverage to say, this is what my life could be if I continue to do this. I'm going to have shame. I'm going to have guilt. I'm going to have this. And nobody wants to be around. Nobody wants to be around that. So we've got to sharpen up. We've got to buckle down. And we've got to look at this as masturbation and, and, and throwing seed and being with the wrong... We've got to look at it as basically you're throwing your mazel away. You can't be doing this and holding a red string and say, Oh, I got a red string. <laughs> I got a joker. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, guys. Because when you're, anytime you're connected to that sin, you're connected to a tremendous amount of sadness and depression. There's no way you could be successful with sadness and depression. There's no way you could be. It's not possible. You have too much shame. So this is an area where we, have, we really got to buckle down. I'm the one that talks about this more than anybody else because I've, I've, I've been there. Been there, done that. And I see this as the number one, number one thing that's killing, killing gains. Financial gains, spiritual gains, and actual. Remember, we have to understand something. Every single time that you do not receive Shefa, that you do not receive the blessing, where does the blessing go? Let's say a mother cannot, let's say a mother's milking her child's milk and the child cannot receive it. Where does it go? In the toilet. It goes in the garbage. All the Shefa that we do not receive goes to the other side, goes to pornography, goes to the horrible industries. So where you see today's Shefa doesn't make sense. All the, par- all the Parnas is in the wrong places. Because when we don't capture it, it goes to the other side. Bottom line. It has to go somewhere. So that blessing goes to the other side. It goes into the impure forces. So holiness, very important. Number five, joy. Joy is extremely important. Like we said, not all successful people are happy, but all happy people are successful. Why? Because when I'm joyful, I'm going to be grateful. When I'm grateful, I'm going to bless God. When I'm going to bless God, I'm going to have more opportunities to bless God. I'm going to be passionate about what I do. If I have joy, I'm passionate. Passion in itself, you don't even focus on the profits. You're focusing on what you're doing. And that's going to ultimately lead you to have more success in our life. So simcha is a very, very, very important thing to work on. Because obviously simcha saves you from what? Greed. Saves you from jealousy. It saves you from a million other problems that causes that obviously causes a person to gain. Like Rabbi Nachman says, worthless pursuits and malicious gossips can lead one to poverty. So you're not talking bad about people if you're happy. You're only talking bad about people if you're not happy. Right? What do we say? Misery loves company. If my, if my, my mountain is not there, let me make sure I'll take somebody else's mountain. So unfortunately, this is what we do. So again, that, that's joy. Joy is ultimately will save you from depression because depression itself has a whole package of miserable things to it. But again, I believe in everybody. I was the same way. I know exactly what it is to be anxious, depressed, hopeless, um, thinking my mazal has gone. I know what it is. I know where you've been. I'm not here to t- instruct you. I'm here to tell you I've been there. It gets so much better. Life changes completely. I'm the living example to show it to you. I was not taught by a rabbi. I was lucky that I found the right book and Rab Nach, and I really went all in. But you have to believe in this. If you do not believe in this, and if you just have a, okay, it's nice class, I don't believe, you're not going to get anything. You will not get results unless you are serious. I'm trying to explain to you. Very important. Whatever you do, you need to do it. Everybody needs to be a Scorpio for a month and be intense. Can't have this Libra, Gemini attitude. Yeah, I'll get when I get to it. No, it doesn't work. You cannot have an air. Got to be all in, intense. 
Get enough leverage. Leverage is the greatest. Great leverage. Leverage is the greatest thing ever, because you could say, "What? Do, how is my life going to be in the next five years if I continue this?" And that should scare the living you know what out of you, and to say, "There's no way I'm going to live like this." There's no way. And that should say, "What do I need to do?" Sometimes you have to get people through desperation. You show, a pe- you show a person, you keep on eating like this. You see this guy, he just lost his arm because of diabetes. You want to keep on eating sugar? Enjoy the sugar. Oh, no, no, no. No, sugar's not for me anymore. So we have to change, the, the, you have to change what you consider pleasure to pain. You can link your brain. Your brain doesn't know, your brain can change. Right now you look at it, this as a reward. Opposite, opposite. So again, that is staying in uh, joy. Very important. Number six, stay in your lane. Expecting to receive blessings when you're jealous is like spitting in the wind. Pretty much. It's like asking, who spit at me? It's pretty much the greatest form of blessing sabotage. Number one, because you don't have a munah. Number two, you're not happy the way God runs the world. Number three, you're not focused on your own store. You focus on the guy's store. So not... Staying in your lane. Being jealous is the greatest way to sabotage blessing. So we have to come. Be, you see somebody happy, blessed, successful, bless them. Either you do two things. You compliment them or you ask them to help you. That's it. Celebrate them or ask them to help you. Anything but that, toxic. Toxic. Stay in your lane. Very, very important. Be happy. Not everybody, money, too much money for everybody can actually be the, a curse. Doesn't mean it's always a blessing. But what we're trying to get here is trying to get enough for you, what, what you're meant to have. Optimizing what I'm meant to have, etc. in my life. So number six, staying in your lane. Number seven, giving charity. Charity rectifies everything. Charity rectifies greed. Charity rectifies bad, uh, lack of trust. Charity preserves the meat. Charity is like salt. Our sages tell us, if it wasn't for salt, what do you think salt does? You think the, the, the salt makes the bread the salty? No. Why do, we, why do we dip bread in salt? Because salt preserves the bread. Salt preserves meat. Salt makes the living. Salt makes making a living sweeter. Because what we have, we got a curse. What was the curse that we would eat bread with sorrow? But when I give charity, I can I create mercy. That mercy allows me to have mercy. You understand? So charity is one of the greatest ways to preserve wealth. You give charity, you're going to preserve it. God guides you. He protects you. He saves you from greed. Because remember, we are all prone to greed. Everybody's prone to greed because your soul comes from there. So charity itself is the greatest preservative because it allows you to now think, okay, I'm making this money, but I'm going to give 10% to charity. At least there's, a, there's an end purpose. There's an end goal. It's not just so I can, you know, boost my self-esteem, whatever it is. And Rav Nachman says, it's meant that all Jews should have parnasah. But we have these belief systems that they're not, they're not aligned with what God's will is. And again, don't be upset. Change it. 
See what, see what the issue is? Change it. If this is an issue, if jealousy is an issue, be happy for people. It's very unfortunate that we should be happy when people lose money. And it should, inside, we're happy. God forbid, not me, but some people are happy when people lose money. It's like they get like a, a secret, even though they're not, they're miserable too. But they get happy when they hear bad news. What a, isn't that enough to destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Isn't that enough? Isn't that, are, are we not mourning the Beit HaMikdash? We're, what are we mourning? We're mourning a loss of consciousness. Number eight, avoid anger. Anger is also like throwing away money. Rav Nachman says, before money comes to you, anger is going to come to you. Because money has to come through a test. Money comes from the north. Money comes from the north. So expect test. Learn how to breathe. Go into Wim Hof. Go into ice chambers. Start learning how to breathe. Because one breath can take away your energy, or one breath can make money. How? Breathe in. Not bent out. Ram Nachman says you have to be able to control your breath. Instead of it getting angry, you have to sanctify the nose. How do you sanctify the nose? You see the little cartoons with the little, these angry, what happened? What do you see? You see the, the fire coming out of his nose. The nose is a neshama, right? The, the, the breath is a neshama. So you have to learn how to breathe. There will be no Moroccan jokes for at least 60 days. I've been banned. I've been banned from Moroccan jokes for 60 days. Too many emails. I don't know why. I don't think because I put it in the anger one, by the way. I just, I cannot say Moroccan jokes for 60 days. I said, I'll give you, I'll take a 60 day break. Until next year. I think Roshan is 80, 70 days, 75 days. Okay, next year. No more this year. Next year we'll start again. Breathe in. Versus vent out. Money comes from the same place. Rabbi Nachman says in 1959, before money comes to a person, he will be tested with anger. The word chama means wall. Chema means anger. At the end of the day, don't go down for a tortilla. Don't go down. If you look, if you, if you stop and you recognize why you got angry at the end of the day, you recognize, oh my God, this is what I got angry. This is what I lost. Rav Nachman even says a person should imagine a check is coming to him. At the same time, anger is coming to him. So this is not logical. This is about self-control. Try to, try to, put ways you could work on this anger. Number one, release it. Number two, number two, don't take things personal. Number three, make sure you start the day extremely positive. It helps you. But if you start the day with negativity, you built up anger, any little thing is going to get you angry. Where Parnasa comes, anger comes. So all those are fire signs, right? Fire signs are very prone to anger. Leos are prone to anger, right? Sagittarius, not so much. But Aries, oof. Aries, short fuse. Get out of the way, short fuse. Not my way, the highway. You got to be careful. That's your number one issue you got to work on. Virgos also get Virgos also get angry also when they get very critical. They're perfectionists. Things don't go the way. They get snappy. Too perfect. Too critical. Got to work on that. Things are not going to go your way. You're not God. Not everything's going to go away. There's not a perfect world. Embrace imperfection. 
Scorpios also, when they get super, super intense, they're, because they're so intensive, and they want everybody to be intentious like them, somebody doesn't return and reciprocate, they blow the hose. They blow right away. They, they get angry. They get very resentful. So you could see we're all prone to this area. We're all prone. We're all very, we, we have it right there. But wherever you can control, when you control anger, you're going to receive wealth. But it has to come at the same time. I can't tell you how many times I got tested and then good news came. I can't tell you how many times. I cannot tell you how many times. This is why I work on myself so much, breathing in, spirituality, prayer, because I know if I don't pray, if I don't breathe, if I don't spirituality, I have no shot of succeeding in that area. No shot. It's not even a question. It's no shot. So I know this is, this is my oxygen because of the intensity that I have. We're all human and our Creator wants us to constantly check on this. Number nine, prayer. Prayer is considered like splitting the Red Sea. Parnasa, our sages say Parnasa is considered like receiving Parnasas or splitting the Red Sea. Shalom Bayit is splitting the Red Sea. Same thing. You want to change your... Change your Change your parnasa, change your prayer. More kavana. Prayer, 100%. Because prayer, the sages tell us that prayer is connected to the splitting of the Red Sea. Splitting the Red Sea represents prayer and parnasa. There's, there's a famous Gemara that tells us that with, when you have prayer, you're going to have more parnasa, 100%. And this is where Ramnachon says that God gets your attention in two ways. He gets you through your relationships or He gets you through cash flow. Why? Because the prayer is off. When the prayer is good, he fixes those two. When you get lazy with prayer, those two wake up. Trouble doesn't get you out of prayer. Trouble gets you into prayer. Prayer doesn't get you out of trouble, right? Trouble gets you into prayer. Relationships and money are two ways that I guarantee he will get your attention. And they're both connected to prayer. We know this from lesson nine. Number 10, shalom. Shalom is the greatest vehicle of blessing. Our sages tell us that Shalom Bayit brings Parnasa. No Shalom Bayit, problems. Sages tell us that one fight chases away a hundred opportunities. So we have to try to make peace with others. Forgiveness. We have to try. Shalom is the greatest way to bring blessing into, into your life. So think about areas of your life that you need forgiveness. Think about areas... There's a lot here on the menu. We're not expecting everything to be done overnight. But these are ways that, what can I improve? Maybe one person says, okay, I got everything else, but I don't have shalom. I got everything else, but I don't have charity. I got everything else, but I have, I'm very angry. Fix it. Fix it. So shalom is very, very important. So that means you cannot be right and be in love. Not possible. So you have to choose which one do you want. You want to be right? You won't be in love. You want to be in love? You can't be right. <laughs> can't have everything. You could see it. The whole point here is you could see there's a sacrifice here of the ego. It seems to be that if we sacrifice our ego, God blesses us. In every situation, you could see that. The fear, taking responsibility, avoiding responsibility is ego. Taking responsibility is soul. Trust, soul. Ego, fear, to protect Handle failure well, again, versus handling emunah. Joys is, is, is soul. 
Ego is fear. Ego is depression. Staying in your lane, jealousy, ego. Happy for people, sold. Giving charity, sold. Worrying about losing money when you give charity, fear, ego. Avoid anger, ego. Sense of control. Compassion, soul. Prayer, increasing prayer, soul. What do I need? Doubts and prayer, ego. Again, peace with others. I need to get back with them. They need to apologize to me. I'm going to do the, thing, the best thing by increasing challenge. You can see every single one of these, there's a, there's a shift between ego to soul. And that's why when you're in a soul state, you're going to be a receiver. When you're in an ego state, you become a what? Taker. So how could, I mean, practically, you just look at it on a conscious level, there's two different energies. One's a much higher energy, the other one's a much lower energy. Hashem help us all that we should all receive abundant shefa, give abundant charity, and do good things with money. Have a great day.